0: Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor-Teacher Chris Hall. You will turn uh, your Bibles, in your Bibles, to Acts chapter 16, verses 30 and 31. We're going to actually read parts of verses 30 and 31. Uh, On Sunday nights, we're looking at a sermon series called Christian Basics. And we talked about that that last night. We're going to look at the um, the beliefs and the behavior of Christianity, the, how Christianity begins, our beliefs and our behavior, and just kind of a um, I don't know if you're in college, this would be I guess Christianity 101, a very basic thing. I really enjoyed doing a lot of study about this, and and. Um, well, I enjoy studying the Bible. Anyway, I got the greatest, the greatest job in the world. In fact, I saw the other day. I think Gallup organization did a poll of people who were most satisfied with their jobs. And guess who was the number one group most satisfied with their jobs? Pastors. Uh, something like 88 percent of pastors were very satisfied in their positions, and I know why. It's the greatest calling that uh, you could ever receive. Uh, The last on that group is kind of interesting, those who work in fast food places because of the repetitive nature and the low pay and that kind of thing. That's a good starter job. You know, a lot of good people start in that way. But um, all right, Acts 16, verses 30 and and 31 is where we're going to start tonight. We're going to look at some very basic things, things that you know, things that you uh, are very well aware of but things that we all need to be reminded about. You know, Paul in one place said when he was writing, he said, it's not bad for me to repeat what you already know. He said, it's good for you and it's good for me. As I repeat it, it's reinforced for me and of course it's reinforced for his audience. So it's not a bad thing to go back over the basics of Christianity. And tonight we're gonna look at, just really we're gonna answer the question, what is Christianity? and we begin the, the verse where we began, Acts chapter 16 and verse 30, and I'm, I'm going to read just part of each verse. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The Philippian jailer asked of Paul and Silas, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Let's pray together. Father, I pray now that you'll Indeed, bless us as we open your word. Give us good hearts and good minds to learn tonight. May this be a very special time in our life. And Father, may we be prepared tonight because of our worship now to go out into the world tomorrow and each day this coming week and live a life that pleases you. May we always be ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. May we look for opportunities and may, Father, we even recreate those to share the good news of Christ with others. May we live a life always pleasing to you, and to that end, Lord, we pray that you'll bless us tonight as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. What is Christianity? Well, let me me share with you three things that Christianity is more than. I'm going to give you three points. Christianity is more than this, and more than this, and more than this. It includes these things, but Christianity is more than these things. First of all, Christianity is more than a collection of facts. Christianity is more than a collection of beliefs. There are certain truths that a person has to believe in, must believe in, in order to be a Christian. There are certain essential facts that a person must have to accept in order to be a Christian. But it is possible for a person to give mental acceptance to the facts of the Christian faith and still not be a Christian. It is possible for a person to mentally accept as true the full deity and the humanity of Jesus, his virgin birth, his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his resurrection, and his second coming and still not be a Christian. A person can give mental acceptance to those facts, which are essential facts of Christianity. They can mentally agree that they are true, but still not be a Christian. It is possible for a person to mentally accept the facts of Christianity as true and still not be saved because Christianity is more than a collection of facts. You know we tell people to be saved you must believe in Jesus. And here's the problem. And it's, it's not a problem on, on saying that because that's true. It's a problem on perception. People think then when you say that you must believe in Jesus in order to be saved, they think because they believe there really was Jesus and that He really was born and that He really did live a perfect life, and He really did die on the cross, and He really did rise again, and He really is Savior and Lord of all, and He really is coming again. They believe because they agree with those facts, that means they must be a Christian because they believe that. But in reality, it is possible for a person to believe every one of those facts mentally, agree with every one of those facts mentally, and still not be a Christian. Because Christianity is more than a collection of facts. And see, there's people all around here. And it's frustrating. You talk to them about being Christians, and they say, well, I believe in God. It's possible to believe in God and not be a Christian. James said in his book, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The demons also believe in tremble. It's possible for a person to mentally accept all of the essential facts of the Christian faith and still not be a Christian because Christianity is more than a collection of facts. People just, we need to communicate, belief is a good word, belief is a Bible word, belief is the word we need to use, a word that we need to use, but we need to communicate that when the Bible says believe, it means more than just mentally accept the facts, it means belief. Believe those facts and based on that belief to commit your life to Christ. Stop, Stop mentally accepting them. It's beyond that. Second of all, Christianity is more than a code of conduct. Christianity has a high moral and ethical standard. It has a lofty code of conduct. All you have to do is look at the Ten Commandments and look at the Sermon on the Mount and look at the moral code of the Bible. Christianity has a high standard of living a high lofty code of conduct but it is possible for a person to live a decent moral upright generous life and still not be a christian because christianity is more than a code of conduct it is that but it's more than that and it's possible there are many good decent people who are not christians There are good, many good, decent, moral, upright, generous people who are good neighbors who will give you the shirt off their back, but they're not Christians. Because Christianity is more than a code of conduct. Thirdly, Christianity is more than a system of religious ceremonies and observances and practices. Christianity has its practices baptism, the Lord's Supper. Church membership, church attendance, service, prayer, reading the Bible, all of those things are important parts of the system of ceremonies and observances and practices of the Christian faith. But it is possible for a person to participate in all of these things and still not be a Christian because Christianity is more than a system of religious ceremonies, observances and practices. Now, if you take all of those three statements together, you can say it like this It is possible for a person to be right in their beliefs, upright in their conduct, and conscientious in their religious observances and still not be a Christian. Because while Christianity includes these things, Christianity is more than these things. Christianity is more than a creed, it is more than a code, it is more than a system of ceremonies. What is Christianity? Christianity is Christ. What we believe, how we live, and what we do mean nothing if we do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Christianity is Christ. So you can believe all the right things, you can live a good, decent life, You can participate in the ceremonies of the Christian faith, but if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not a Christian because Christianity is more than those things. Christianity is Christ. It is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we say Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. Trying to live the Christian life without having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is like trying to drive a car without an engine. It's Trying to fly a plane with, which has no wings. Christianity without Christ is like a body that has no heartbeat and no be- breath. You can dress it up all you want to, but there is no life in it. It is dead. There is no Christianity without, without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is the frustrating thing because our churches are rife and filled with people. And even Jesus said this. I'm not making this up and this is not my own personal, uh, you know, angle to beat on. Jesus said this. Jesus said, many will say unto me on that day, Lord, Lord. And I will have to profess to them, I never knew you. So it's possible for a person to believe all the essential facts, mentally accept all the essential facts of the faith, live a good life, and go to church and still not be a Christian if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because that's what Christianity is. Christianity is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And I'm afraid that there are so many in our churches today who have a church entity but they don't have the reality of a relationship with Jesus. It's not enough to know about Jesus. To be a Christian, you must know Jesus in a personal way. I know about George W. Bush, but I don't know him personally. We've never met. I've never talked with him, never spent any time with him. I know about him. I know a good bit about him but I don't know him. A lot of people assume that they're Christians because they know about Jesus. They know about the facts of Jesus. And they accept and agree with those facts about Jesus. But they've never met Jesus in a personal way. They've never made a personal commitment to Jesus, receiving him as their Lord and their Savior. And so they know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. They've read about Him, they know about Him, but they don't know Him in a personal way. And you're not a Christian until you know Jesus Christ in a personal way. And you've made a personal commitment to Him. A Christian is a person who has an ongoing personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, we baptize a lot of people who have been baptized before, previously. Maybe when they were a kid. One of their buddies joined the church, and one of their buddies was baptized. Every time we baptize a child, we get a lot of kids then will come and say, Preacher, I want to be baptized. You know, that's how they say it. And you have to be very careful with that, because you don't want to plant a false impression in their mind that they're Christians because they've been baptized. You want to make sure it's right. And you want to make sure they understand what they're doing. And you want to make sure that they really understand what it means to be a Christian. And what baptism means. And why, why do. But sometimes we'll have adults come and they have been baptized before. And they'll tell me. You know, I joined the church and baptized before, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I really didn't understand it. And I know it wasn't right, it wasn't real. But then I only knew about Jesus. Now I know Jesus, I have a personal relationship with him. So this is Christian Christian basics, trying to basically understand what Christianity is. So it's more than, and includes, but it's more than just believing the facts. It's more than just a decent, upright life. It's more than just being a part of ceremonies. Christianity is knowing Jesus in a personal way, knowing Him in your heart, having received Him into your life as your personal Savior and Lord. Now, here's a very important question. How can you have a personal relationship with Christ? How can you come to know Jesus in a personal way? Well, let me share with you four simple ways, four simple things, four simple steps to coming to know Jesus in a personal way. You might want to jot these down. I don't often ask you to jot these down, but you can use this stuff. Okay. Don't everybody reach for your pens all at one time, okay? But you can really use this stuff to share with other people about how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Four steps. And they start A, B, C, and D. Isn't that good? A, B, C, and D. First four letters of the alphabet. It'll help you to remember. How do you have a personal relationship? How do you come to know Jesus in a personal way? Number one, there's something to admit the first step to coming to knowing to know Jesus in a personal way, having a personal relationship with him, receiving him into your heart as your savior and lord is, first of all there's something to admit. And we must admit that we are sinners and that we need a savior. The Bible's very clear on that. We are sinners. Let me tell you what sin is. Just a very simple definition of sin. Sin is living the way you want to live instead of the way God wants you to live. Sin is living the way you want to live instead of obeying God and putting Him first in your life. Isaiah put it like this, all we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone our own way instead of God's way. That's what sin is. Sin is living the way you want to live instead of the way God wants you to live instead of obeying Him and putting Him first in your life. Because God is absolutely pure and holy, sin separates us from God. It puts a wall between us and God, and sin brings us under His judgment. God is holy. God is righteous. There is no sin in God. And He cannot countenance, nor will He accept sin or anyone who is a sinner. Yet God loves us. We can't do anything personally about our sin. But God can, and that motivated Him to do what He did for us. But first, we must admit that we are sinners. And we must admit that our greatest need is a Savior who can remove the guilt of our sin and reconcile us to God. So that's the first step to coming to knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way. There is something we must admit. We must admit that we are sinners, and we must admit that we need a Savior. Now, we live in a culture. You can just see how Satan works. Let me tell you, Satan's got some powerful allies in this society, in this culture. His allies are in the entertainment industry. Look at the filth that is pouring out of Hollywood and the centers of entertainment, television, movies, and music. Look at the filth that is just the sewer that is just continually pumped out of that and it is presented as popular as if we are all to accept it. The devil has almost complete control of the entertainment industry. Not only that, he's getting control in a greater way of the educational establishment, especially of higher learning. Satan's pretty smart. He's evil. He's doomed. He's going to hell. But it doesn't mean he's dumb. He's pretty savvy. He's pretty smart. He knows that a great way to get an inlet into the lives of people in America is to poison their minds through their entertainment, what they do for fun, and through their education as they learn. And he's putting forth this idea, this philosophy, that no one in American society is to accept personal responsibility. You may do wrong, but it's somebody else's fault for you doing wrong. You've been influenced in some terrible way by somebody else. It was your environment. That's what caused you to do wrong. Well, our environment contributes to who we are and may in some way contribute to the actions of our life. But when we do wrong, we do wrong because we choose to do wrong. And before we can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we've got to admit, I have done wrong. I am a sinner. And my sin, I've gone my own way. I've turned away from God. I've gone my own way. I've done what I want to do. And because that is true, I'm separated from God, and I am an object of His judgment. And I must admit that. Mark two seventeen. Jesus said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, a doctor, but those who are sick. He said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Just as we won't go into the doctor unless we are sick and admit it, we won't come to Christ until, unless we admit that we are sinners. We're sinners and we admit it. So that's the first thing. How, do you, how can you have a personal relationship with Jesus? First of all, there's something to admit. You have to admit you're a sinner And you need a Savior. Second of all, there's something to believe. Admit. Believe. We must believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior that we need. Jesus is our Savior because of who He is and what He has done. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God Himself who became a human being, who lived a perfect life, who died a sacrificial death, Paying the penalty of our sin upon the cross. He is the one who rose from the dead and His resurrection declares His deity and certifies that His sacrifice on the cross was accepted to God as payment for our sin. We must be willing to believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior we need. He's the Savior we need because of who He is and because of what He's done when He died on the cross for us. You see, you can believe the facts of Christianity all you want to and not know Jesus because you never go through these steps. Joining the church is not the same thing as coming to Jesus. Joining the church is a good thing. Every Christian ought to join the church and be active in the church, but that doesn't mean you're coming to Jesus. That's a completely separate issue. Every Christian ought to join the church, but joining the church is not synonymous with coming to Jesus. We're talking about how do you come to Jesus? Number one, you admit you're a sinner. Number two, And you need a Savior. Number two, you believe Jesus is that Savior you need. Number three, there is something to commit. Admit, believe, and commit. 2 Peter 2.18 refers to Jesus as both Lord and Savior. I don't know where in the world this idea came that you can re- receive Jesus as Savior, but it is optional whether you receive Him as Lord or not. And you hear that sometimes expressed. Somebody will say, Well, you know, I received Jesus as my Savior, but I haven't received Him yet as my Lord. I've, somehow I've got that reserved. I'm willing to go this far with Jesus. I'm willing to take what He offers, but I'm not willing to commit to what He commands. I want to tell you, you can't do that. No one has the liberty to cut Jesus in two. He is both Savior and Lord. And no one has the liberty of cutting Jesus in two and responding to the one while rejecting the other. If you want to know Jesus, you receive Him for who He is. And He is both Savior and Lord. Jesus offers as well as He demands. He offers to save those who will come to Him, surrendering to Him, and He demands that we make a real commitment of our lives to Him. Jesus is not some kind of buffet line where you, you say, well, I'll take a little bit of this about Jesus and I'll take a little bit of that about Jesus, and, but I don't want any of that about Jesus. My friends, Jesus is both Savior and Lord. There's not two Jesuses. You can't cut Jesus in two. To be saved, you have to come to Jesus. And He is both Savior and Lord. And no one has the liberty of saying, I'll take this, but I won't take that. For you to be saved, you must believe that He is the Savior you need. And you must be willing to turn over your life to Him. And if you're not willing to do that, you can't be a Christian. And so how do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? You admit you're a sinner and you need a Savior. You believe that Jesus is the Savior that you need. Thirdly, you're willing to commit your life to Him. You receive Him as the Savior of your life. And you're willing to commit all of your life to Him. And fourthly, there's something to do. If you will admit you're a sinner who needs a Savior, if you will believe that Jesus is the Savior that you need, if you're willing to commit your life to Him, you must personally come to Jesus Christ and ask Him to have mercy on you and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. You must personally come to Jesus. You know, a lot of churches now don't give invitations. Did you know that? They say it's, it's, you know, it's not something churches should do. If they have a church service, then they end with a prayer. And that's it. And they say, if you're interested in becoming a Christian, you can see so-and-so in room so so whatever. There's a lot going on in church life today I just don't agree with. Do you know if you go above the Mason-Dixon line in the United States of America, if you went there right now, church after church after church after church has its doors closed on a Sunday night. They don't have church on Sunday nights north of the Mason-Dixon line, or west of the Mississippi. They don't even, a lot of times they don't even have churches on Wednesday night. It's all about convenience. Oh, we're so busy. Life is so busy. You know, let's pack everything we can into a Sunday morning so that you can be free to relax and be busy and all of that. We've turned the Lord's day into the Lord's hour. There's a lot going on in church life I just don't like. And sometimes I pray, Lord, if it ever gets infected in the South, just take me on home. I can't take it. I can't take it. Man, where's the commitment? We give Jesus a little tip of time. We give Him a little tip of our tithe. We give Him a little tip of our life. Because we're the king of our life, not Him. We want to live the way we want to live. And a lot of churches don't even have invitations. We're going to give an invitation. In fact, maybe there'll be a service. We'll start with the invitation. Because people need to give their life to Jesus. And sometimes there are prime times to give their life to Jesus. I think those times are in church. One of those times. So, you know, Okay, you can believe the right things and not be a Christian. You can live the right way and not be a Christian. You can participate in all the church does and not be a Christian because Christianity is more than that. Christianity is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Christianity is knowing Christ. How do I know Christ? I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe Jesus is that Savior I need because of who He is and what He's done. And I'm willing to commit my life to Jesus as both Savior and Lord. Not only to receive His salvation, but also to humble myself and surrender to His demand of total commitment of my life to Him. And I'm willing to come to Him personally and ask Him to save me and to have mercy on me. I want to share with you tonight a prayer. It's a sinner's prayer. It's not the sinner's prayer because there's no such thing as the sinner's prayer because there are all kinds of sinner's prayers. They're verbalized differently and have different wording, but this is a sinner's prayer. See if this is something like the prayer you prayed when you gave your life to Christ. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I admit that I have sinned against God against others and I have gone my own way I repent of my sin I thank you for your great love and dying for me for bearing in my place the penalty of my sins now at this moment I open my heart to you come in Lord Jesus come in as my savior and cleanse me and forgive me come in as my Lord and take control of my life From this day forward, as you help me, I will love you and serve you and follow you with all that I am and all that I have. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you pray that kind of prayer when you came to Christ? Man, I did. It was something like that. It wasn't those exact words. But that thing came from my heart because I wanted to follow Jesus. I know him in a personal way. Do you? I pray that you do. Let's pray together. Lord, I know Satan has done a wonderful job of confusing people on what it means to be a Christian. He has taken good things and made them primary. And he has taken those good things and he has hidden the truth and the reality of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It means that we admit that we are sinners and we need a Savior. It means that we believe that Jesus is the Savior that we need because of who he is and what he's done. It means that we're willing to receive Him as Savior and commit our life to Him as Lord because He is both Savior and Lord. And it means we're willing to come before Him. And from our hearts, meaning it like we've never meant anything else in the world to pray a prayer just like the one I've just prayed and ask Him to come into our life and save us so that we can know Him, not just know the facts about Him, but that we can know Jesus in a personal way and begin our journey of walking with Him until He takes us to heaven. If there's one here tonight who's never trusted Jesus in that way, I pray they'll come. And I pray they'll give their life to Christ. And for we who are Christians, I pray that you will give us, Lord, the urgency. Lay upon our heart the primacy of sharing the gospel of Jesus with others. That it's something to admit. It's something to believe. It's something to commit. And it's something to do. And it's not just joining a church. And it's not just being good. And it's not just, Lord, believing the facts of Christianity. It's more than that. It's giving our life to Christ. Help us to share that with others so they'll truly know the way they should go. Speak to our hearts, I pray. As your Holy Spirit touches every heart, may we trust and obey in you tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Let me ask you to stand as Miss Agnes plays. And I invite you to come tonight. If you want to know Christ, if you need to rededicate your life, if there are other decisions that you need to make, if you need to spend time in prayer at the altar, you come, we'll wait as you pray. I invite you to come as we wait. Would you come? Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truth For Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program, Until then, stay safe and may God bless you.